0: For decades, true believers have insisted that the government knows more than it lets on about aliens, time travel, and mind control. Proof may lie deep under the lush green grass of this Long Island location, where the government conducted experiments that tore through the fabric of space time and inspired the plot of a hit Netflix show. This week's episode is The Montauk Project. Up Full disclosure, I stopped watching Stranger things after season two, so I don't know what happens. Um, no spoilers.
1: Season one was by far the best season. Season
0: one was so good. I watched I've seen it. all three. I watched it in one week and I couldn't stop Season two. I got through like episode six or seven, and then I don't I think I bought a house and I was like moving and got distracted
1: in my opinion, they get progressively less interesting as they go on, so if you've seen the first season, you're you're seeing the best season. Oh, good. First season, best season. In fact, I can't even rem- really remember what season two was about now. Not I don't either. Hmm. I liked all the characters, though, and I thought the actors were good. The thing is, by the time the third season, they're all significantly older. And whenever kid actors start to, like look older than they used to be in that role it's always a weird thing to reconcile
0: it's always hard when the time i guess that's why south park works so well because they just keep drawing them as third graders <laughs> they're animated or fourth graders yeah if but, only we were all animated you know we would never never age a day but i wonder i mean in the show on stranger things you may know if they aged Along those lines, because it just production takes so long, so you can't go, well, the season one takes place in January, February, season two takes place in March, April, because there's like... Years have passed. Years in them. between, yeah. yeah. I so, believe, yeah, because they're, yeah. You'd have to just age them forward.
1: Yeah, they. I don't know if there's going to be a season four. I haven't heard. Well... Oh, there's... There should be, based on things that happen in season 3. There's definitely got to be a season 4. Also it's four. just so popular and everyone loves it cuz it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It season 1 was awesome. I, I the past two I, f- I have to fight my I have to fight to get through them, but it sure inspired what we're talking about today. Well,
0: it was eerie, although I'm sure on purpose how parallel the events that occurred at Montauk were just ripped
1: from the pages and used in Stranger Things. Oh, yes. We will talk later about just how ripped from the pages they were. It was even first titled Montauk when it was <laughs> sold to networks. Just put so, it out there. Yeah. So, but, you know, sometimes um, ripped from the headlines. What is that? SV- Law and order? order? Mm-hmm. Sometimes
0: those are the best stories. It works. Uh, I have a question. Speaking of ripping, do you believe in time travel and ripping through the fabric of space time?
1: I do. I don't know in what capacity.
0: Do you think there's current time travel? Like the government has or even Elon Musk or somebody, I don't know, has the ability to do it?
1: I hear maybe. I don't know if I do. I want to. Yeah. I think it's fun to think about. I can't explain the recent maybe
0: in the last year or two. I've had scenarios where, for instance, I was driving to Leanne's house. She is sick. I was bringing her a chocolate milkshake and I was driving and I was looking down at my phone to try to change the song that I was listening to. Very safe. I know. Well, <laughs> so I had this flash that in that I had been in the exact same. It's a road I don't often take. I do sometimes. But I had been on that road in my car, same like kind of had rained but wasn't currently raining at night. Car in front of me, saying that I had like hit something, and I had this like <gasps> where I was just like throw my phone down and was and like I had lived it, but like deja vu almost deja vu, but where something had gone wrong, and I had this new opportunity where I thought okay i'm I'm not gonna look at my phone, and I'm gonna pay attention to the road. And not just like, prem- like obviously, that's just good intuition to say, if I'm looking at my phone, I might cause an accident. But I was, it was like, I fully had this full th- 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 vision, I guess, where it was like, G-g-g-g. it happened, I hit the car, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I put it down. Mm-hmm. And there's been other situations where I wonder if, I don't remember if I was like, not speeding. No, I sound like a bad driver. I think I'm a reasonably safe driver. But I was maybe, I don't know what it was. And I thought, there's probably a cop. There, I, I was pulled over by a cop like I remembered it. But then I had the opportunity to do something different.
1: To me, that almost sounds like anxiety. Hmm. I don't know. But it was, it was
0: more like um, I wasn't scared. I was like, oh, this has happened before. And this is how I'm supposed to act instead. Hmm.
1: I sound like a crazy person. No, I mean, so what are you saying? That in another timeline you hit a car and you yeah. had
0: a do-over in this one? Yeah, it was almost like I dreamt something and I was remembering that I dreamt it. So I think there's may- maybe multiple timelines all going on at once. I don't know if I believe
1: that, oh. but I like to think that it's possible. What did um, Preston Nichols say? Time is like a real estate. Yeah. And it was Matthew McConaughey who said time is a flat circle. There you go. So time is a lot of things. It's
0: – or what does he say? Uh, Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff is Doctor Who, so. Oh, I've can... never watched one episode. Speaking of – so if the first season is good, they switch at the end of the Don't first – they switch
1: every season? Not every Doctor's season. Doctor's different?
0: They see they switch, like, whenever they want to. So it was – I believe his name was Christopher Eccleston, and I so I watched from season one – Obsessed with him and I was like they cannot Replace him he is so good they put David Tennant in David Tennant is the Number one best Doctor Who that's ever Lived ever I don't care isn't
1: there a woman Now
0: I don't know. I stopped watching it. Oh. So I, was so I was so obsessed with David Tennant, and I watched every episode that had David Tennant in it, and then when he left, I wept, and I was too heartbroken to continue, and they replaced him with a really cute guy with a little bow tie. I'm sure he was great, but by then I had moved on. I was like, "It's I can't.
1: What if he was even better? I don't know. Because you thought the first guy wasn't going to be that. No his, one is David Tennant. Could beat the first guy, and then David Tennant came along. David Tennant's so good. No one could
0: ever be as good as him. He's so good. So. I...
1: I've never seen an episode, but I know a lot of people that are very into it. It's awesome.
0: It's it's very, very heartfelt. It's one of those, it's like a sci-fi show, but very heartfelt.
1: All right. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And we are talking about the Montauk experiment this week, which is a conspiracy theory on government time travel. And it goes deep and it goes way back and it goes way forward and... Way around. Like I, I don't know. It goes all over the <laughs> all place, through. I suppose. So let's get into it. During World War II, the United States government was interested in invisibility and cloaking technology for some of its large naval carriers. The idea was to hide the existence of large ships carrying supplies to allies in World War II. The experiment was based on Albert Einstein's unified field theory. The idea is that electromagnetism and gravity would unite into a single field, allowing the Navy to bend light around an object, the ship, and cause that object to become invisible via light refraction. Albert Einstein and famed engineer and inventor Nikola Tesla were supposedly there in person to assist military scientists in completing the
0: task. They have some things right now that are similar to this, but they're not full invisibility. It's just kind of reflection.
1: Like when David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear? Exactly what it's I mean, like. that's what we're doing, essentially.
0: Why didn't they call him? I mean, yeah, that's true. Where he, where's he been? Forward in time. God gave David Copperfield, brought him back. He disappears or,
1: it. I mean, we still, you know, could be doing these experiments, it seems like David Copperfield has already proved that this works.
0: He's the only man who knows. Man. Have you heard from him in a while? No. Why?
1: Because he's deep in the government working. He's in an underground lair at Montauk. He can't (laughs) be bothered right now. In the summer of 1943, the USS Eldridge was fitted with the necessary equipment to conduct the experiment. Accounts vary on what supposedly happened on that fateful night. But according to all... Things did not go well. The experiment was activated, and the massive ship allegedly disappeared. When the ship returned to visibility, the crew members were plagued with nausea and feelings of uneasiness. In some accounts, the sailors ended up actually embedded in the ship's walls and decks, meaning they returned to port with half their bodies above deck and half below. In one instance, a sailor's hand was embedded in the ship's steel hull. That is a, uh, how do you get it out? That's a bad, saw. Uh, It's a, that's saw a bad situation. travel experience.
0: You know what? Nausea. Okay. Uneasiness. Usually. Always. But I kind of always feel nausea and uneasy. You got to saw your hand off now, I guess, or saw the steel. I don't think you can saw through steel. You or saw you got
1: a, you got a torso on one deck on Lido and then the rest of your body's down, down below. They're like, well, Gary, this is where you live now. How are you going to reconcile this? We'll fi- we'll visit you. Hopefully the good half was up above where they could still see out and see some things.
0: I'm so sorry, but you know where the bottom half was? Poop
1: deck. <laughs> I mean, but you're also not wrong, you know? <laughs> Maybe like, that's how it got named <laughs> poop deck. <laughs> We've solved it. According to legend, despite this unsavory result, the Navy insisted that the experiment be repeated in October of 1943. When, supposedly, the ship disappeared from its port in Philadelphia and reappeared in Norfolk, Virginia, more than 200 miles from the site of the experiment. It was seen by several sailors on a nearby ship in Norfolk, but just as quickly as it had appeared, it once again vanished before reappearing back at its original port in Philadelphia, by some accounts ten minutes before it had disappeared
0: you know it's just confusing honestly i was gonna say time travel throws me off because if it came back 10 minutes earlier wouldn't the ship still be there and then you have two ships and then what do you you have to fight each other of who's the real sailor
1: that's why time travel doesn't make sense to me there's too many uh very variables that i don't understand and like i don't know i'm a i uh i'm not saying it doesn't exist but it's hard for me to like wrap my head around how it does so Uh therefore it's hard for me to understand yeah and also i just feel like that if it's 10 minutes before the
0: ship left then how would the people know they were expecting a ship it's one of those where does your consciousness then travel or are you still you i don't know it's crazy
1: or well, maybe it didn't happen because it's real confusing. <laughs> the boat sailed off in the fog and sailed back. <laughs> I think all these accounts got handed down over the years and eventually they're just like, you know what? I don't fucking know. Maybe it was there. Maybe it wasn't. We're, we can have both accounts. Everyone can be right. Or someone had their, their watch set the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. Navy obviously disputes that this ever happened. Accounts also vary as to what exactly went on during those experiments and whether they were nothing more than standard U.S. naval tests that were misunderstood by those who witnessed them. That shaky truth didn't stop Hollywood from turning a book about the events into a movie. John Carpenter, the writer and director responsible for the classic horror films The Thing and Halloween, wrote the initial draft of the Philadelphia Experiment screenplay. He said the story was brilliant, but also... absolute bullshit. Nevertheless, producers from New World Pictures rewrote his draft, produced it, and released it as a film in 1984. Although the film was not well received by critics or audiences, one moviegoer got more than he bargained for when he bought his ticket. Have you seen it? I have not. uh, It looks... I've seen the thing in Halloween. Oh,
0: yes. I've seen Halloween. Halloween... I saw in the theaters with Master Pancake, who is an Austin based oh, comedy yeah. trio that does kind of a mystery science mm-hmm. theater over it. And they were so good. They did, it was phenomenal. <laughs> but I have not seen uh, whatever they did with John Carpenter's script and turned it into the Philadelphia Experiment.
1: According to his website, after 57 year old Al Bielik finished watching the Philadelphia Experiment in January of 1988, He couldn't get over the feeling that he had seen the images depicted in the movie before. He decided to undergo hypnotism and other New Age techniques in hopes of uncovering more answers. It was then that Al experienced a flood of repressed memories. Al also learned that his name wasn't Al Bielek. Instead, he had been born Ed Cameron, and had, in fact, worked on the government operation, the Philadelphia Experiment, with his brother Duncan. Have you ever done
0: hypnotism or repressed memories? I've always wanted to
1: do hypnotism. I haven't. Yeah. Have you?
0: Mm-mm. I wonder. I wonder what they would find.
1: Do I you think, think it's a, legitimate, or they plant things? I don't. I don't think a good hypnotist would plant things. I think that. I think I've said before. My high school graduate, after we did high school graduation, there was a big lock in at this thing. So people don't go out and drink and so stuff. It was like this big party. And one of the things they had was a hypnotist and like 10 people went up on stage and they were all sitting in chairs next to each other. And one of the girls who I won't name just, <laughs> I'm sure she's not listening, but whatever. She was a, a, a very prim and proper cheerleader mm-hmm. and. Very nice. And she was sitting there and the next to her was a guy that she would not, I probably didn't even know, wasn't friends with, Very two very different friend groups. You were describing the plot of a John Hughes movie. <laughs> and part of, and the hypnotism started and stuff. And I don't remember what it was, but it was like, snap my fingers, go to sleep. She was out and like draped over this dude, like totally out. And knowing her, I was like. She's not fake. And she wasn't an actory type or someone that would like lean into like this is a fun bit or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I really think she's she's out. But I think she was also the type of person that is kind of susceptible to that mm-hmm. and and, you know, would be like kind of easily mind controlled. Mm-hmm. My other friend who was in theater and was a friend of mine. She was kind of in on it and leaning into it. And then, you know, when they all went back to sit down and he was like, had told the audience when they were out, like, I'm going to when I say this word, everyone's going to stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever. And then, you know, when he says it and she stands up and does it later, I asked her, she's like, Nah, I I was fine. I was like, I knew what I was. doing. Yeah, I mean, I was giving everybody what they wanted and stuff. But I honestly feel like the cheerleader. That she was she was really out, so I think you can' if you're open to that and and stuff and accepting of it and accepting of it, I think you can get somewhere with it and it's just being in a relaxed state of mind to where you're kind of you can access things easier. I would like to do it to try and access old memories, yeah, just from like my childhood and stuff and did I tell you how I had a um revelation of why I don't remember things? no, huh? I remember you saying that you don't remember things. I I had this revelation when we get, went to go see Tool. Okay. As I was watching Tool, who they had a fantastic show, I was thinking about all these things I was pissed off about and irritated about. And I was and then it it occurred to me. I was like, I'm not going to remember anything I'm watching right now because I'm in my head thinking about all this other stuff about what you're mad about. Or just anything, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like, "That's why I don't remember a lot. Is because I'm not present. Because mm. and Tommy's always thought it's because of anxiety. Because if you're is, worrying, you're not enjoying whatever. Well, you're, you're not do. pre like with anything. You're not pre like an improv. If you're not present, and mm-hmm. you're on the side thinking about what you're going to say or do. You're not watching the scene in front of you, and mm-hmm. you can't you can't help it and stuff. So I think. My anxiety, which manifests into, like, obsessive thoughts and stuff, gets me in my head, and therefore I'm not present in situations, and then I don't remember stuff. So you're at stuff, but you're not there mentally. Sometimes. Not all the time. No, not all the time. But, but I mean, certain things that you say you can't remember. Yeah, I mean, or just, you know, I'll just be thinking. I'm always thinking of stuff in my head. Mm-hmm. Rarely do I, is my head just ever, like, clear, and I'm just, like, in the moment. It's it's. I have to really focus on trying to do that, which is something I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I um, I was like, I bet this is why I don't have a good memory. So now I'm trying to really be present and stuff like that. Like when we went to Oprah, I was like, I'm going to really try to just like focus extra hard on everything that's going on. Active listening, as we say in improv. Mm-hmm. So I can retain it better. I've gotten that way
0: in conversations with people or just, you know, if someone, we go to lunch or something like that, or if someone comes in my office to ask me a question, I think a lot of times, especially lawyers are trying to do two things at once and be really productive. And me personally, I can do two things at once because of the ADHD. but I think it feels better. I know I feel better when someone's looking at you and sure. paying attention to you. And so I'm trying to give that gift to people. And I've realized that you foster deeper connections and that your listening is way better. And even though I can listen, I'm not fully listening if I'm doing two things at once. Right.
1: And the person on the other side of you doesn't think that you're listening.
0: Exactly. Even if I am and I can repeat it back. Luckily, Paris also has the same thing where we can do two things at once. So we can both be doing something and having a conversation at the same time. It's not as rich as if we were when we have dinner. We do not sit in front of the TV ever. We go and we sit at the table and we sit there and Pay attention to only, we don't bring our phones and we just pay attention to each other. And it's nice to have that because we are both so. Okay, hang on. Let me like I'm writing this email, but keep talking. So I think that's very, uh, it it like I said, fosters deeper connections. Yeah. So it's like nicer when you make eye contact and have a conversation.
1: If I'm talking to someone and they're on their phone, I'll stop talking to them. Yeah, it is. It hurts kind of hurtful. It's insulting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and if someone's talking to me, I'm not gonna be on. Like if some if I'm on my phone and somebody comes up to me, I'll get off my phone mm-hmm. to talk to them. But yeah, it's um. How did we get on this? We were talking about hypnotizing and oh, and yeah, 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 remembering yeah. things. Yeah. And especially now with phones and social media being such a thing, I think it would be even more interesting to like go into this deep state where like you can access things that maybe you're not even aware of. Mm-hmm. I would acupuncture and, hi- and hypnotism are my two top things right now I'm wanting to do. My shoulder is killing me. I think
0: I am going to do acupuncture. So I'll let you know how it goes.
1: Uh, chiropractor too. Yes, I do go to the chiropractor, but it's still hurting me. Well, as Ed Cameron, he had graduated from Princeton undergrad and Harvard graduate school. After that, he was recruited by the military to work on Project Rainbow, a precursor to the Philadelphia experiment that attempted to discover time travel. In addition to Project Rainbow, Ed performed work at the Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico where scientists were already hard at work on an atomic bomb. So there's kind of two people living one life. First comes
0: Ed Cameron. He's born first, and he lives this whole life, and then we'll get to how he becomes Al B. later. So when you hear about Ed and Al, they're the same person living two lives.
1: It's a very sliding doors situation. Yes, yes. In the files at Los Alamos, Ed discovered paperwork indicating that the government had already accidentally discovered time travel. A naval ship traveling through the Bermuda Triangle had disappeared for two months, possibly through a wormhole. When Ed asked superiors about the project, his questions were shut down and met with disdain. He didn't have security clearance. Ed and his brother Duncan, also a scientist, were then recruited to go to Philadelphia to assist with the Philadelphia experiment. According to Ed, the two were actually aboard the USS Eldridge when it disappeared during the experiment in August of 1943. While the ship was invisible and time-traveling, Ed and his brother jumped off the vessel, supposedly landing in the year 2137. Oopsie. Here's where my head starts to just explode. Yeah. It's like that Brian Reagan bit where he's like, I sat down to watch a documentary about string theory at 801, and at 802, my head exploded. <laughs> like, It's just... A lot to keep up with. A
0: lot of this information comes from Al Bielik's website, albielik.com. Well, I'm sure that if anyone were to know what happened, it would be Al Bielik. He has passed away. I mean, to be fair, he was born in the 1920s, but he left this legacy and there's a webmaster that maintains the page and it looks like it was a GeoCities. I'm sure it was. Home Ed page. It's so nice.
1: That's the thing with all of these is. We're all taking one guy's account and being like, this is factual. In this case, it's three guys' accounts, but they all were kind of working together. (laughs) The two brothers spent six weeks in a hospital bed, recovering from the injuries they incurred from traveling through hyperspace. But Ed wasn't meant to stay in that timeline. Instead, he was moved by officials to the year 2749, where he stayed for two years. He then returned to 2137 and was reunited with his brother, Duncan. But rather than go back to their 1943 timeline, the men instead were transported to 1983. And rather than end up back on the USS Eldridge, the brothers were sent to the tip of Long Island inside of a bunker at Camp Hero, the Montauk Air Force Station in Montauk, New York. So they're
0: on the USS Eldridge at the Philadelphia Experiment. I just have to recap so I can keep it straight. They're on the boat when they're doing the disappearing act instead of staying on the boat and getting welded in the metal they jump off maybe a good plan and then in jumping off they travel through hyperspace in through a wormhole i guess traveling somehow through space time and end up in 2137 yeah and then moved to 2749 and back to 2137 and then when they say may we please go home they say we got somewhere better for you
1: instead of 1943 why send them to 2749 uh, I mean, this isn't an answer. You can question. You can answer logically. Either. I don't know the logic just, of the. Official. I'm just saying, like, what, what? Whenever stuff like this goes on, I'm like why why like what's the point you know like and if i can't answer that it's like well who was benefiting from this that's true well and i they
0: i think they were healed they they were healed in 2137 they said they were healed through vibrations and light and kind of a cat scan-esque machine and there were no like human doctors
1: it was all done by machine i mean that's not far off i don't think we have to go to 2137 there's a lot (laughs) to happen where there's like robot surgeons it's crazy The Cameron brothers spent two weeks at Montauk, exploring the facility. Al's recovered memories would later reveal that the brothers traveled
0: to Mars on several occasions, and to a research station in 100,000 B.C., and to other planets to get canisters filled with light and dark energy, and to the year 6037.
1: According to Al, in the year 2137, climate change had brought water levels high enough to engulf the state of Florida and turn the Mississippi River wide enough that it split the United States. Massive wars between the U.S. and Europe, as well as between Russia and China, left the global population at just 300 million and the U.S. population at just 50 million. There's 7 billion people on the planet right now. Yeah, 8, I think. It's a pretty big drop. Yeah, you know... Good old Al, (laughs) just letting us all know what we're in store for. He's got bad news. And I think he said
0: in 2749 that the whole world is underwater and the cities are floating cities and there really is no government. It's all controlled by a single computer program, probably Alexa, (laughs) if I had to guess.
1: Oh, man. So we're in for some shit. What do you think's really going on with him? Do you really think this was happening? This is crazy, right?
0: Uh, maybe uh, we'll get into what my theory is later, but I think because
1: he was so I think he had an active imagination.
0: I think I'll be like worked at Montauk. And I think things, they poked around in his head and then gave made, him a little too much LSD. I
1: think there was some LSD going
0: on. So I think that he did travel to all these places. In, in his, mind.
1: <laughs> his mind.
0: I think that's kind of my... He was on a, a hundred year trip in his mind. I've never done LSD, but it, it seems like it makes things pretty realistic. I have done it. And Damn. none uh, of this shit ever happened. You didn't get to travel through space I time? I did not
1: travel through space time. No, Damn. I didn't get to. I didn't go to... Any other planet? I didn't get to see light and dark energy. That would have been cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Can no, no, no. Not just light and dark energy.
1: Canisters. Yeah, I was harvesting light and dark energy to take it back. I don't know to do what with.
0: Well, what are you? What are you going to put your light and dark energy in a mason jar? No, hell no. You got a canister. You don't. You're not going to put it on in those things that are marked flour, sugar, salt, whatever on your tabletop. It's got
1: to be in a canister. Those aren't sealed shut tight mm-hmm. enough. No. Rather than stay in this new timeline, one of the scientists working at the facility convinced the two brothers that they should jump back to 1943 to destroy the control equipment and shut the Philadelphia experiment down for good. Here's here's the thing. If why wouldn't they have just sent them back there to do that in the beginning? Well, it sounds like this is a rogue scientist. Well, this is the only one that's had a good idea head on his shoulders so far. (laughs) This makes sense. This is very 112263. <laughs> it's all coming together. The brothers agreed and prepared to travel through time once again. Once back in 1943, the brothers were able to complete their mission and destroy the equipment in an effort to keep the government from continuing their mad science. But Ed apparently knew too much. Rather than outright kill him, however, the military officials sent him once again to 1983 to Camp Hero at the Montauk Air Force Station. I just imagine there's a phone going back and forth between 83 and
0: 43 where they're like, we got to do something with this guy. And Montauk's like, send him our way. We know exactly what to do with him.
1: I think they would have just killed him. Yeah, I think you it's should have shot him. Yeah, probably.
0: Or made it look like, send him to his house and make it look like Or an they're incident. like, you're going to come back here and now we're just going to
1: make your brain scrambled eggs. We're going to yeah poke around in your noggin. Well, there at Camp Hero, scientists ported his existence into a new man, Al Bielik, born in 1927. While the logistics of this don't seem to add up, years later, while giving a speech at the 1990 Mutual UFO Network, Al stated that he had somehow been de-aged by the military. In that same speech, he also mentioned that a 1983 accident caused him to begin aging rapidly, according to Thrillist. So he's Benjamin buttoning, yes, all over the place. well, it sounds
0: because I what I read too is that his existence was ported into a nine month old baby, Albbellic, okay. so he lived a whole life. <laughs> he lived a whole life as a grown-up. Where'd they get the baby? Somebody had the baby, I don't know on the at montauk I, or have, are they just- I don't have a child. you know it was like a, a couple had a baby, I don't have a child. If you had a baby at nine months old. And an old man's soul got poured into your baby. How would you know? Aside from the baby baby being like, hey, give me another bourbon and talking, if it was just the consciousness. Well, of... a soul doesn't talk. It's just
1: your being. Exactly. You
0: wouldn't know if your baby's soul got switched at nine months. I mean,
1: most babies look like little old men anyway. <laughs> so you, you wouldn't think anything <laughs> of it. Exactly. You wouldn't notice. Maybe Ella's got a little woman in there. Who knows? She's The shit she's seen. She has gotten... Um, kind of sassy lately there it is it's like blanche from (laughs) i want some goldfish that's her new thing (laughs) i want some milk i want milk it's just very like to be like may i please have some uh, goldfish? that is exactly what we say to her nice and then she's she's like like, give me the goldfish i want goldfish (laughs) i'm like well me too she's expressing her feelings Mm -hmm. i feel that al grew up in this new timeline and was eventually also recruited to work at the montauk project Unaware of his previous life as Ed Duncan, Al's story soon spread, eventually attracting the attention of Preston Nichols. Born May 24th, 1946, Nichols was the leader of the psychotronics movement and believes that the government was using electromagnetic radiation to transmit ideas into people's brains, according to RoadTrippers.com. I have a question What's the best way to keep psychotronic government thoughts out of your brain? Tim hat? That's right. Mm
0: hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Man, uh, I watched some real fun videos with Preston Nichols today. He's, uh, he's a peach. He's a character. He's he a is a character. And one in particular, I sent you the link and I was so like, one, tw- one minute, 27 seconds into this slayed me. It's so good. <laughs> and out of nowhere, he's in this interview. It's so 1970s. And then whoever posted this video just has a little picture of E.T. materialize over his face. And it made me laugh so hard because <laughs> so I was good. not expecting it at all. I also love the lady that's
0: interviewing that, like you her. said, she would try to joke around and be like, ha, 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 and he's like, not having it. Just,
1: yeah. go on. just keep going. He's talking about, well, I, I was working at Montauk and I was also working at this other job. And she's like, Oh, were you collecting two paychecks? No, I was in two separate timelines. I was working my eight to five job at one, and then I was working my nine to five job at the other. And she's like, Oh, okay. Oh God. Ah. Please, please don't kill me. <laughs> Nichols also claimed to have uncovered repressed memories of his involvement at Camp Hero that involved him being teleported to the military base in 1968. Furthermore, he said that even after leaving Montauk, he was still occasionally abducted and forced to participate in experiments against his will. Nichols has written several books detailing his experiences at Montauk. He passed away in October of 2018. So Al Bielek, just a
0: recap... (laughs) Al Belick is a man living a man, his, baby, man, baby. It's a man, baby. <laughs> He's a man, baby living his life as an adult in the late 80s, sees a movie, goes to a hypnotist and says, why does this movie seem familiar? And the hypnotist helps him recover the memory that he was actually a man named e- Ed Duncan no Ed Cameron, Ed Cameron mm-hmm. a man named Duncan's Ed, and, the brother that's right who had a brother named Duncan and the two of them went on a wacky Bill and Ted-esque journey yes through space and time Mars where's George
1: Carlin oh Preston Nichols is George Carlin yes and Preston
0: and so and then he knew too much so he was he was made into a man baby mm-hmm. we'll find out what happens to Duncan the brother here in a minute and then he grows up As Al Belick And then also The government comes after him Not comes after him And recruits Al Who's man baby Ed Yeah you have a
1: whole other life to live You end up at the same shitty job
0: You know what That's (laughs) That's life That's karma right there You try to escape And you're back Only to work in the same place And then this is where he And then Preston Nichols Also worked at Montauk
1: And Preston Nichols gets wind Of Al Belick's story And is like I have also experienced this Let's form a group. Samesies.
0: Okay. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I just need to recap for my own sanity. Even We're though... hearing the episode twice on the, on this one. I'm sorry. I just always am like... If I'm... I did the research and I, we collectively wrote this. And if I'm like, wait a minute. Surely everyone's Oh, listening.
1: I... Reading stuff was like... I don't understand. <laughs> I, I honestly don't understand. If someone was like, can you explain this? No, I can't. But i <laughs> Not I'll, really. I'll put all the pieces together and espouse it out into the world and then perhaps someone else can make sense of it and Mm -hmm. relay it in a more understandable way to me. Family and friends believed Al Bielek was a contractor for an electronics company, but in reality, his job and Montauk as a whole was much more sinister. Montauk Air Force Station, located in Montauk, New York, was the home of Camp Hero, a military base created in 1942 as a coastal defense station, according to RoadTrippers.com. The base featured guns along the outer barriers to prepare for a possible World War II attack from the Germans. So everyone was very concerned about the Nazis. Oh, yeah. This back was then. all very Nazi preparedness. Yeah. And the,
0: you know, air raids and they were yes. afraid bombs were going to drop and people would have to climb under their desks at mm-hmm. school. And in this case, you know, I guess if you think that's the the easternmost tip and the southernmost tip, it's sticking out there. Yeah. If there's going to be an attack, they're going to hit there 1st
1: Not wanting to alarm the residents of the Hamptons, the military disguised many of the buildings to look quaint in an effort to make the whole base resemble an unassuming coastal town. Photos show wood paneling that you would be more likely to find on a cottage than on a military installation. The SAGE, or Semi-Automatic Ground Environment radar tower, on site, is a large metal structure, standing at 90 feet tall with a 40-foot-wide wire-framed satellite dish. According to RoadTrippers.com, the government installed it in order to detect a possible Soviet nuclear attack a half an hour earlier than other technology of the day. In 30 minutes when it's a nuclear attack, you can save lives. That's that's a life or death right there. And also scramble jets and stuff to maybe try Mm -hmm. to take it out. In 1947, the Army deactivated Camp Hero, and it sat for four years before the Air Force took it up as a radar station in 1951. It was between 1951 and 1984 that the majority of the sinister experiments of Camp Hero took place. According to the Montauk Project Experiments in Time by Preston Nichols, the facility was 12 levels deep and employed several hundred workers, possibly a facility so large that the tunnels extended far beyond the base or wooded area and underneath the town of Montauk itself. So they
0: were ready to do more than just keep an eye out. They were ready to
1: evacuate. They were ready to start a whole new village underneath there or repopulate the earth through a bunch of experiments. Under yeah. There. Underground stuff is always morbidly fascinating to me when Very also, creepy and just y- uh, sinister, but also I like thinking about it.
0: Yeah, it makes you wonder why can't you do it in the light of day? Mm. What are you doing down there?
1: But on the flip side of that, I find that horror movies that are set in daylight are much more effective for me personally because you are like this shouldn't happen with the sun out. <laughs> exactly. Why is someone why is he
0: standing outside the window with That's a knife? It's like
1: midsummer. It's beautifully shot and it all happens out in the It's nice and sunny. In the sun. Also, that's why the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre affected me so much, because it's all kind of like twilight when it's going on Mm -hmm. and... and Not the dead of night. No, and that's... You feel like you're protected with the daylight, but you're not. Nope. false into security. During the 1970s, the government began tests at the Montauk facility involving psychological warfare and parapsychology to be used in espionage. One of the main elements of the experiments was a device called the Montauk Chair, It was a chair fitted with electromagnetic elements in which scientists would place special children, often called Montauk boys, who had been orphans, runaways, or taken from their families. The children were being probed for their possible psychic abilities. The chair's force was used to increase their psychic potential.
0: And there were tales of adult men who were from the area who said, I remember being taken from my house and having stuff happen to me. Did they...
1: Ever go to the authorities or try and file charges or is it something they live with?
0: These were repressed memories. They didn't remember until they, they were
1: adults. They came back. Some of the experiments conducted at Montauk had deadly results. According to Nichols' book, many of these victims were homeless residents of Montauk. They would be taken to Camp Hero and exposed to large amounts of electromagnetic radiation. Few survived, but the experiments provided the government with an estimation on how much radiation a person could withstand before devastating effects occurred. That's horrifying. It's so sad. This is this is the type of stuff, while time travel... I think that the government has tried to experiment with time travel and, and figure anything out that could give us a leg up. If it has been successful, that's the part I don't know as much about. I 100% think think things like this happen. Though. Yeah.
0: We're, I mean, there is like the Tuskegee project. Yes. Or, or
1: MK ultra or any yeah. like any types of uh, mind control experiments, or they're just basically tests, test rats. They, yeah. They take human beings and treat them like lab rats. Yeah. Lab they're animals. exposing them to horrible amounts of radiation to see what's going to happen before we just kill them. Mm-hmm. How much, if, if a nuclear power plant explodes, what are the ramifications of the gun to look like? How much is too much? Yeah. And then, then they just sort of throw them away. Mm-hmm. Sad. Nichols detailed how the young boys brought to the base were relentlessly tortured, both mentally and physically, in order to break their brains. Once broken, their brains could be reprogrammed. Some of the Montauk boys had their abilities enhanced well beyond their initial abilities. Eventually, some of the more powerful psychics could simply materialize objects out of thin air. For instance, if they asked a boy to produce a baseball, by closing his eyes and focusing on the idea of a baseball, a baseball would materialize right before the boy and the scientist. That is convenient. When I was little, I used to think that I could move things with my mind. I, I didn't think I could. I was like, I wonder if I can. And I would try. I would practice it. Like bend a spoon? Never could. No? Yeah, like powder. Yeah, well, didn't happen. Didn't work. So these are just normal boys Mm -hmm. that they put in these chairs that are designed to probe your brain in ways and access things that the government thinks are going to give you psychic advantages. And then, according to this, some of them worked. Yes. Not just worked.
0: I mean, that's really worked. That's really convenient.
1: Do you think that's
0: true? That they were able to materialize a baseball?
1: Yeah. Or anything material. I mean, where you can just think of something and it appears... Kind of de- defies the laws of physics.
0: I think that there's probably an ability if there's say something in a box and you don't like if I brought a shoebox in here and was like close your eyes and focus on what the shoebox is. I think if a person had psychic abilities, they would be able to say it's a mitten or whatever's in the box. Mm-hmm. Pair of shoes, probably
1: Probably the easiest <laughs> guess. But you couldn't materialize I don't that midnight out could... of
0: thin air. No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe with use of the Montauk chair, you could. I think it's more likely to say, hey, we have a a black box. You don't know what's in the box. And, you know, you can't see what's in it. And you can't rattle it or shake it. or You know, it's not 20 questions. Is it bigger than a bread basket or whatever? Right.
1: No, I, I think that there are things like that that can happen mm-hmm. for sure. I've told you, I feel like I have at times, psychic abilities where I can like feel things or like you say, you see things. I don't see things that have happened to myself as much as I can look at other people and get flashes of stuff. Mm -hmm. I would also, because I don't remember what the percentage is, but we as humans use a very small percentage of our brain Mm -hmm. and kind of the logic behind those that have psychic abilities that they're able to tap into the other areas that most people can't. Mm That's another reason I want to do hypnotism. Yeah. I'd love to know, or I don't know, maybe it's not hypnotism. Maybe it's something else. Like, how can I work those muscles to, to? I don't want to sit in a Montauk chair, but have some, you know, hone those abilities and maybe tap into even other things. Ooh. And I've felt like with meditation and
0: stuff, I was able to not predict stuff but almost like manifest stuff like will things and we were getting a lot of messages because in the krampus episode you said i'm manifesting into the universe that we will go to crime con and everyone's like your manifestation came true and i was like frankly f- totally forgot we said that <laughs> it was a thing that we're interested
1: in we obviously wanted to do it we're I, I believe i mean that's just the power of positive thinking yeah. i think if you put something i mean it's like the secret manifestation any anything uh uh What's the other one? Something uh, chaos magic. Mm -hmm. Like it's all the same. It's also just prayer. Yeah. Like just wanting something and putting it out there. And then maybe there's something else, depending on what you believe, that helps you with that. Or it's just it's like if you want to see a yellow car, you're going to see a yellow car. True. You'll start noticing. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want something, then you're going to start. Doing things, even subconsciously and consciously, to make that happen. That's more. true. It's
0: not like we said we would like to go to CrimeCon. We were like, we would like to go to CrimeCon. Let's produce a podcast about true crime and yeah. that sort of.
1: Yeah, and let's apply to CrimeCon. And exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, so it's not like we just said that and then we never thought about it again or did anything that could help us get there exactly. But I do believe in the power of of manifestation and and positive thinking and stuff. I think it works. Well, several of the Montauk boys, however, did not survive the torturous experiments, and Nichols claims the beautiful state park on which Camp Hero now sits is also a burial ground for these fallen children. Well, that's very sad.
0: It's super sad to think about, but also that would make sense of why they chose that, because it's by the ocean. Do you throw bodies in the ocean? It's by... Or you bury
1: them in one of your underground rooms.
0: Bury them in a bunker and cover it with cement Mm -hmm. or bury it anywhere on this. I mean, it's It's a
1: huge, gorgeous state park forest. Looking at these pictures, totally have to go. Oh, I would love to go because it's gorgeous, also creepy. It's really sinister when you get in there. There's a lot. I mean, because the whole base is still there and Mm -hmm. it's boarded up or concrete over, but. That's what they want you to think. There's people in there. They're doing experiments. Maybe.
0: There could be. I think they're still in there.
1: I. I I don't think anyone is. I don't think anybody's in there. I think that um. It, it would be horrendous living conditions. Like I don't underground. Think, well, I don't know. I mean, they've they've concrete. They've poured concrete in so much of it. I mean, I guess it's possible.
0: They concrete the part they want you to think is yeah. shut off,
1: so that you can't see the part where their people are in there. I think there's nicer. Facilities that the government would want to conduct experiments in. But this one, you can't hear everybody screaming. Man, what if you could, though? What if you're just out there walking your dog in the park and you just hear or you walk over one of those grates people and a say, hand reaches up and grabs your ankle?
0: I haven't heard the hand reaching the grabbing the ankle, but people who've gone hiking there said that they hear screams. No. no I Is mean, just from other hikers? It's internet forums. I mean,
1: people say anything. If it's on the internet, it's true. I think so. No (laughs) one's going to just type that on a hiker forum. Well, if you've seen the Netflix hit series, Stranger Things, then all of this may sound a bit familiar. Originally sold under the working title Montauk, the series is heavily based on the alleged experiments conducted at Camp Hero, including the test called The Seeing Eye, which is performed on Eleven before she opens the portal to the Upside Down. Nichols' book also describes The Seeing Eye Project as it was tested on Duncan Cameron, one of the two brothers who had traveled through time. So now we get to hear what happened to old Duncan. Duncan's soul was ported from his adult body into the body of another child. The Cameron brothers called this new Duncan a walking soul. They believed that because the new child was fitted with a second consciousness from Duncan, he had extreme psychic abilities. So here we go. putting. Here we go again. Putting
0: souls in other bodies. I wonder how you do that. If it's light or you suck the soul out of the Dyson. Yeah. (laughs) You gotta get real strong. Things can suck anything out of anything. Dyson Ball.
1: New Duncan's abilities were indeed powerful. According to Preston Nichols' book,
0: with a lock of a person's hair or other appropriate object in his hand, Duncan could concentrate on the person and be able to see as if he was seeing through their eyes, hearing through their ears, and feeling through their body. He could actually see through other people anywhere on the planet.
1: I remember this from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in season one. hmm Yeah. Kind of cool. I don't know. It's kind
0: of like you could do this now with just hacking someone's iPhone.
1: Yeah. Or we're just... This is like a Black Mirror episode. We're just, like my computer... 20 years away from this happening (laughs) where you can just tap into somebody's like subconscious. Sure. They're like, instead of
0: a psychic, we just need the NSA. They'll tell you what I'm thinking because of all the things I've Googled. They'll tell you what I'm seeing because there's cameras all over me
1: everywhere. I mean, really technology, like- is uh, doing exactly... Nobody had to be ported into a baby's body. <laughs> All you got to do is get a couple Instagram and Facebook passwords, and it's you true. know everything you need to know about somebody. You just need my cookies from my browser.
0: Get a hold of my cookies, and it'll tell you everything.
1: Yep. New Duncan was the main Montauk boy who had the most powerful psychic abilities. In addition to the seeing eye, New Duncan could also teleport himself through space and time ending up in different timelines, eras, and even on different planets. Thrillis describes one point where the superiors of the Montauk project asked Nichols, who was operating the chair in which Duncan was sitting, to leave the Montauk chair on. By leaving something with this much electromagnetic power on and running, it generated enough energy to create a wormhole, one that led back to none other than Philadelphia in 1943, the site of the USS Eldridge and the Philadelphia Experiment. It was this wormhole through which older versions of the Cameron brothers could travel. So they.
0: Well, now it makes sense. (laughs) Now it makes sense. Okay, all right. That's why they kept having to come back to Montauk because they have this powerful chair, the magic so the The power of the chair. It's magical. It'll it opens up your (laughs) hole. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't good, know if I want to sit on a chair That opens up my hole It's a dangerous game You gotta be really willing to face the consequences I mean if it's gonna take me to another planet I'm game They're like we
0: can take you to another planet This, just, this is just a repository. We have to put it in your ass <laughs> But we need access to your hole We have to do butt stuff
1: <laughs> Honestly That's fine Yeah if you get if, to But I mean like I'm talking planet not in our solar system. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to go to some bitch ass Milky (laughs) Way planet. Weak ass planet. I want to go to some other solar system. It's like where actual aliens
0: are. Did you see on the news that there was an explosion so far away? It's like in another galaxy. It's crazy to me. I can't even explain it. Again, like you said, I watch a th- documentary on s- string, <laughs> string theory, and <laughs> yeah. one minute later, my head explodes. I was listening to it on NPR as I was driving home super late. It was the BBC World Service, and they were saying that they're using this super powerful telescope, and they saw this galaxy in so far away. Yeah. And this huge explosion happened that's, like, greater power than the, like, ten suns, or ten of our suns exploding. Who knows what it was. And it's, yeah, some huge... There could be a space fight going on yeah, out yeah. there. Could we be no monsters. Know. It's Darth Vader. Could
1: be. Yeah. Like I've said before, space in the ocean. There's crazy shit. Yeah, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Who knows? The, especially, I think, space even more than the ocean because it's just infinite maybe it's, maybe it ends somewhere maybe there's a wall somewhere where it all stops the I don't Truman know. Show yeah but it, what we see is a fraction and what's you, out there the planet is so small the one that we live on is yes. so small and it's crazy that we can't get past it we can't all again I sound like I'm high <laughs> we can't See everything, you know what I mean, like it's there's so much that none no one will ever know, yeah, we have super powerful telescopes, but
0: they're even those are only so
1: powerful, but also that we can't travel to, like mm-hmm. you will explode if even you try if you, and you
0: see that explosion and you can say, "Well, let's drive to there, we cannot no, it's too far, no, no, no,
1: no, and also we would explode or if, die or from whatever pressure mm-hmm. or wherever we don't have technology to to send something that far that could that could make it mm-hmm. and everything. It, it, it's crazy. It's, it really does
0: cause you to just, like you said, you think, and it just scrambles your brain. Because you're like, I can't even
1: think. You can't even imagine. Go down a rabbit hole or a wormhole. a wormhole. Trying to, think, trying to think about all that stuff. Space hole. Nichols' book, The Montauk Project, Experiments in Time, describes a time when the scientists, fearing that the wormhole they created could cause major problems for both timelines involved, decided to shut it down. The only person powerful enough to do that though was young Duncan with his powerful brain. So he's like the eleven in this story. Yeah, 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 for sure. Also, I mean everybody wants a piece of him. He's got all the power. He's the he's the the sitter of the chair. Yes. Nichols writes that someone approached Duncan while he was in the chair and whispered, The
0: time is now.
1: At that point, Duncan unleashed a monster from his subconscious. Described by Nichols as Big, hairy, hungry, and nasty. Rather than previous objects he summoned which appeared right in front of him, the monster instead appeared somewhere else on the base and began wreaking havoc where it smashed everything in sight and would eat anything it could find. Did you see a picture of this monster? I, in my head, imagine it as the ones in Stranger Things. Did you want to see a picture of it? Yes.
0: Okay, I want you to click this link and I want you to see the picture. There's two <laughs> photos of this monster
1: okay. from com. Oh this man. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it's Bigfoot. <laughs> Is that Bigfoot? That's the monster. I don't first mean, of all, I mean, Bigfoot, it looks like just a black blurb uh like uh it could just be a tree.
0: It's there's there's several photos and they're all sort you know, they're I, I can only see the one. Let me go back and see. Yeah, you have to click the second link. Oh, okay. Hold on. His website there was only itty bitty thumbnails, and I had to kind of comb through the HTML. The second picture is worse than the first. Yeah, just like look like discolorations in a forest. Well, it's a monster. Ow! Come on. My My question is: you're on base. There's a call out on the radio that's like, "There's (laughs) a monster on base. It's been unleashed," (laughs) and you're like, "Let me get my Polaroid."
1: And you head outside. I mean, yeah, that's what everyone would do nowadays, too. Let me get my phone. I'm going <laughs> to snap a, a shot of this. I, um, I feel like I was let down by that. Really? I was expecting a, a Demogorgon type monster. Or Rather something. than a big, hairy. Well, he's hungry- just stealing from
0: Bigfoot lore. Yeah, like, well, th- you can't help what that kid imagined. It's like it could have been this day puff marshmallow man. Maybe he. Choose knew of bigfoot and and imagine bigfoot
1: and that's what came out or he no i guess it was too early for harry and the hendersons oh yeah that was the 80s this was this oh, who knows they're all fucking jumping around true. they could have definitely seen it by then they've seen everything <laughs> well after the monster made a mess of the laboratory it disappeared just as quickly as it had appeared the officials decided that what they had unleashed was too dangerous to continue But at the time, far too many employees knew what had gone on. Rather than create suspicion by killing the workers, the government simply erased their memories. Men in black style. Men in blacked it. I feel like it's also on brand if they just killed everybody. I think or just say that there was like an
0: explosion at the plant or something (laughs) and say,
1: I'm sorry, whoops. The subterranean rooms and corridors of the base itself were filled in with concrete in 1984, forever sealing off whatever menacing activities may have been happening within its walls. On the now plastered-over gun batteries, someone has crudely scratched into the concrete the ominous message. Stranger, help me. What do you think that's about? Probably kids messing around. But oh. I also like to think somebody's stuck on this island and needs help. They keep traveling back and back and forth through oh, time, and they can't get out. They're, they They're just keep... in a loop. Mm-hmm. That's a fun movie to think about. They they keep the the chair was too powerful; you couldn't destroy it. I already feel I'm going to go on, down a rabbit hole later tonight about time travel. And try to figure I'm it be out. Doing some Redditing when I get home <laughs> after I finish the finale of Love Is Blind. Oh gosh push through this Ugh. shit show everybody's been saying to watch it i started off strong and now all of them are such not all of them but so many of them are such douchebags <laughs> that it's hard for me to like want anything good for them <laughs> so and also i have a lot of hot takes on the way the show was done first of all they're all hot so it's not really love is blind because <laughs> when the big reveal happens who's who's uh nobody's like oh, God, what have I been talking to this whole time? You're a troll. They're like, oh, look at this Instagram model with this banging bod. And huge wreck. Yeah. They're all gorgeous. Yeah. But I am going to go down a time travel rabbit hole because it is something that I really like to think about. It's fun to think about. I think so. Especially, well, I like it when people on the internet are like, this movie got it right. This
0: movie got it wrong. Have you ever seen Safety Not Guaranteed? It sounds familiar but I don't think so. It's with Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass and one of the guys from New Girl although I can't remember his name and it's about this guy who's lost a person tragically and he is that now spending his entire life and savings and everything trying to time travel and he Aww, sets in. that's an, sad. He like puts out a newspaper article that's like looking for people to travel through time with me must bring your own weapons, safety not guaranteed and that was a real ad that ran in a newspaper article and the the screenwriter read that ad and oh, then wow. wrote the, you know, obviously... That sounds kind of sad. It is a beautiful movie. It's I liked it a lot. I really
1: liked I it. I also never watched the Robin Williams movie where his wife dies mm-hmm. and he's trying to travel to find her. But that's not time travel, is it? It's more like... It's- purgatory yeah it's what is more it. Like what Some... dreams may come yes I can i've tell heard you... it, i've heard it's
0: very sad i've never seen the movie but i 100 know what happens this is one of my favorite things about paris if he'll say have you seen such and such movie and i'll say no and he'll go do you want to watch it and i'm like no will you just tell me what happens and start to finish he'll be like well first the scene it opens on this and he'll totally it's like when andy So he what dreams may come to? oh yeah he come to he, what dreams may come to just all over and let me know what happened in that movie so to be very sad it was very sweet and it was a very he and Also, he's like it's very emotional. He told me all of. I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption in like a long time. Oh, I could start to finish that movie for you you too. No, remind me again what happens? He's like, okay, and he got totally into it. He told me the whole entire plot of Shawshank
1: to where he was like getting choked up. He's like, it's a great film. It's one of my top five. Man, it was fantastic. It was a great story. It's a well, unfortunately, spoiler. He did not write it. (laughs) Steven Spielberg did (laughs) or Stephen King. Stephen King, but then Steven Spielberg Spielberg did the movie, I believe. bunch of Stevens. Stephen on Stephen. Stephen on Stephen. Although the testing facilities beneath the building were supposedly filled in with concrete in the mid 80s, much of Camp Hero still stands today. Photos taken by a man named Brian Minnick well after 1984 showed some underground passageways were still open. He also found documents that seemed to indicate government operations continued well beyond 1984. Roadtrippers.com says Minnick found records indicating mass quantities of food were ordered to the base in the late 1980s. Other photos that Minnick took show wallpaper with wild patterns that possibly pointed to LSD experimentation. There it is. Definitely think the LSD stuff happened for sure. Especially given in our MKUltra episode. For sure. The food being ordered is creepy, yes. if that's true. In the 90s, if
0: you shut down the the base in 1988, why in the mid-90s would you need mass quantities of food to be delivered?
1: Yeah, I don't know. What if it's a lost situation? <gasps> what if there's someone down under – have you watched uh, – no, I know the story about lost. Yes. <laughs> what if there's a hat? Because there's tons of hatches on this. What if someone's down there? That, I have a new theory. I won't say it yet Don't because say it we yes. haven't got to the part where it makes well, sense, but okay. <laughs> something just occurred to me. Okay. Visitors can explore Camp Hero State Park so long as they mind the danger signs and avoid wandering into any locked-off government buildings. According to Road Trippers, the grounds surrounding the buildings have numerous manholes and grates. Some Montauk believers interpret these to mean that government experiments may still be going on beneath the surface at Camp Hero. And the pictures on the Road Trippers blog are very well done, but so creepy. They evoked a very – I was like – I saw those. And I was like, I have to go here.
0: Yes, they're beautiful photos. And it's I mean, this woman went and we'll talk about her her trip here in a minute. But the she did this whole hike and every single detail, I feel like she captured all the details that really, like you said, if you're into that kind of stuff, you're like, I want to go on this. But hike. there's
1: all these it'll be just like lush green grass in like a state park and then these patches of concrete. Just weird. Well, a great- as if the... Well, some are just the patches. Mm-hmm. Like, they were underground tunnels and they poured concrete in them. But then there's also, like, manhole covers that are just... They look like manhole covers you would see in the street or something that... Who knows where they lead? One of the questions in Outliers that they were talking about
0: measuring whatever of intelligence... And I had a very specific answer, which just turns out was the wrong answer. But apparently... You just it- talked about Outliers... On your mix bag. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I just read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, and one of the questions that they ask when you go to like work at these tech companies is, "Why is a manhole cover
1: round?" Okay, don't tell me. I'm not gonna tell you. Is that. there is a right? There's answer? like a right answer. Yeah. Um. Well, I have two. I have two theories. Okay. I'll, you tell me your two theories. I'll tell you mine, and then I'll tell you the real one. Okay. One because. It's easier for someone to crawl down into it if it's round. Um, Second, because of like tubing or something that has to be fit into it.
0: Like you mean, what do you mean by, oh, like if they were going to like put a tube in there to like pump something in or suck something out? Or like the way a drill just drills it round. That makes sense. Mine was kind of like your first answer. I was like it's shaped kind of like a vaginal canal, so it would be like how a baby comes in or out. I guess you wouldn't put a baby in how a baby Well, who knows? They're putting all sorts of stuff in babies in these experiments. <laughs> you just put an old man's soul in a baby. So I was like, "Oh, it's shaped like a birth canal." And I was actually had I was listening to the audio version and he says, "He just flippantly goes, yeah, you know, like the famous question where they ask why manhole covers are round to tell if you're smart anyway. And he doesn't answer it in the book. I'm like, you son of a bitch. What's the answer? So I pause the phone. I pause the thing. I, to hit the phone. I call my mom. I'm like, hey, are you busy? She's like, no. I'm like, can you Google why are manhole covers round? Why didn't you Google it? Because I was driving. Oh. And so she's like, okay. Turns out she's like, well, it says, hang on, hang on. I'm looking. Got to get my tablet. She gets her tablet. It turns out manhole covers are round. Because no matter which way you turn it, it can't fall down through the hole. What the cover? The cover itself can't fall down through the hole. Oh, okay. And so, like, if it was rectangle, if you if or square, oh, if you yeah. did it catty cornered, it would fall through. My thing was like utility, like our. And so he talks about in the book actually in Outliers, brief digression that. That shows, like, creativity versus, like, immediately answering the right answer. That's, like, logistical intelligence versus creative intelligence would be, like, utilization. And there's another question they do where it's, like, can you list off as many uses you can as a brick? And people would be, like, you could build a store or you could use it to as a paperweight. Well, like some creative answers would be like put it in a pillowcase and use it as a self defense weapon or something like that. So it talks Also about, a
1: serial killer answer. Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> some of the ones they <laughs> Also went, a way to rule out sociopaths <laughs> that are applying for your job. Some of the ones I was like, Oh, that's um that's violent. But anyway, so that's uh part of the um the outliers like I guess not the outliers intelligence test but one of the intelligence tests. so it's like creativity versus Interesting. I thought it was because it was vagina shaped
1: but it's not even vagina shaped uh, but what the whole are the, you saying a person could crawl in easier because it's just because it's round because it's shaped like a body okay yeah I guess so because
0: it's shaped like a, a human putting their hands above their head so there's these tunnels all around
1: Camp <laughs> yeah. Hero speaking of which Well, after the base officially closed in 1984, the land was given to the National Park Service in an effort to preserve the local ecosystem, plants, and wildlife. After two decades in the hands of the federal government, the land was transferred to the New York State government, who opened the current state park in 2002. Alexandra Cheriton of RoadTrippers.com took a hike at Camp Hero in 2019 and detailed her adventure for the website. At the entrance, she encountered a sign warning visitors who encounter anything that appears to be a military weapon or mortar to contact park authorities and not touch anything that could be a legacy piece of military weaponry. That is a danger hike. (laughs) I know. Because what if I... When I read this, it's like this is a claim. Online. I thought, what if I was on a hike out there with Ella, and she just all of a sudden appears with a ha- a grenade in her hand? That's horrifying. That's because I catastrophize everything. That's where my brain goes. <laughs> but also, should we just allow people to walk? Or- I mean, I guess there's no way to know for sure you've cleaned it all out. Unless I'm sure they took a fine-tooth comb and went over everything to make sure all the stuff they could find was gone. Well, I wonder if it had been buried, then,
0: like, as mm-hmm. rain happens... That's a er- good point. ...and, like, it erodes away the dirt, and yeah. it pops up out of there. Yeah.
1: Surprise grenade. Oh, man. The worst of so The worst kind ever. I guess all grenades are kind That's of true. a surprise. The Sage Radar Tower is still a feature on Montauk. Although the government insists that it has been decommissioned and no longer is in service... Locals report seeing the tower still rotate or change positions to this day. Back when it was in service, residents complained of headaches and whining dogs seemingly caused from the massive amounts of energy that radiated from the tower as it rotated every 12 seconds.
0: Can you imagine the amount of energy it would take to detect a missile more than regular radar off the coast shooting energy at your house? Yeah. Yeah. Some people I know won't buy homes too close
1: to power lines because they're afraid of the, not afraid, but you're real sensitive to, I I had a friend in middle school that, that was back when you had like computer lab Mm -hmm. and you just go to a, what it sounds like and I remember computer lab we played kid pics yeah she had she could hear at like a higher frequency than the rest of us so the hum of all the computers drove her crazy and she would have to wear earplugs when she was in there oh wow so I think some people can hear things or just are more sensitive to stuff like that I get migraines really bad so if I had something that causes pointing at my house Have to move. Have to sue. Maybe sue. That's a nuisance. For sure. (laughs) Or my dog's just whining all the time. That's a nuisance. Also very much a nuisance. In 2009, over a six-day period, the tower rotated a complete 360 degrees, moving slightly each day until it returned to its original position. Although military personnel, fire, police, and engineers were called to the scene, no one could determine what was causing the dish to rotate. The dish itself was impossible to move manually. When the wood was pried from the doors of the control station and the officials went inside to try and determine if some controls were responsible, they found the controls frozen solid and unable to move the 40-foot dish. After that six-day period, so far the dish has not rotated again.
0: It's an interesting article we'll link in the show notes from the local newspaper of the area that covered this. And they said, literally, they got up on ladders and they were trying to kind of shove it and see if they could physically move it. And nothing anybody could
1: do manually could move it. What do you think it was? The government. The government doing stuff from a remote location or maybe from there deep deep beneath
0: because the old control station is left and they're like it doesn't work anymore yeah because it's getting controlled from way underneath and i think the government realized shit if we move it people are going to notice because it's 40 foot and it's real big so they were moving it to try and i think they were going to see if they could do other stuff with it and when they realized people noticed that it moved interesting because initially the guy saw it, a guy saw that it moved and called the cops and the cops said I don't remember what direction it was pointing originally. You know, it's one of those where you're like, oh, I'm sure it was southeast. And now it's southwest. Hmm. And so it took... Like several days, like I said, I think it says over six days. That then people would wake up and go, okay, for sure it was southeast because you called nine one one yesterday and said southeast, and now it's pointing directly east. So it was kind of right, right, right a little each day. And they had the fire truck up there with the ladder, and they were trying to forcibly push it. Because then they said, well, we think maybe it was settling, like it's like you know, mm-hmm. if it's pointing mm-hmm. to you know one direction, it kind of goes swing and settles, but it completely rotated all around. So if it was gravitational and that it was swinging to settle. Why would it keep swinging slowly back to its original position?
1: Interesting. This is very Lost. You think there's, so? I mean, there's They're down a, there trying to, like, get... There's a radar tower on on uh, Lost, and they're trying to communicate. I can't think of the guy's name that was in the the hatch. Oh, it starts with a D. almost had it. Duncan. Damien. Darren. I wanted to say... Uh, Damn it. I almost had it. I, I don't want, oh, man, I don't know. Everyone right now is like, it's blah. Yeah. Brian Harrington somewhere It's like, <laughs> he, he will immediately when he hears this, he'll text me and be like, it was da-da-da. <laughs> so the good thing about Brian Harrington, that's good that he's good at
0: that because that's his thing with taboos. Yes, yes guessing He's guessing very good at it.
1: Well, whoever, that's who is down there. <laughs> Stuck in, in there. In my theory, yeah. I remember a guy wrote Penny on his hand. That was from Lost. That's the same guy uh, I'm trying to think of. Actually, no. I think Charlie wrote Penny. He wrote Penny's Boat. That's what it was. Yes. Oh, man. That's such a good scene. Not Penny's Boat? What Not Penny's Boat. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I got to rewatch that whole series. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to start doing that. What? Just Lost? just
0: decided that right now. Yeah. I will watch Lost. I've Lost been, I feel I, like I've, is... I've wanted
1: to rewatch it for a while and talking about it. It's re- Man, if you ever want to get deep into into Lost, talk to Ray Maddox. Oh, man. <laughs> We, I mean, Ray Mannix, David Allison, and I can talk about Lost. These for, are all comedians at Dallas Comedy. Yes. Up. But it's such, it's just such a good show. God damn, it's so good. Brings up so many interesting I, You would love it as much as you love like conspiracy. Conspiracy. Or just, and just like mysteries to, and stuff like that. I could, like, I think I watched
0: maybe the first season. And then, like I said, I never watched it. I mean, there's five or six seasons. I think five. Welcome so. to my life of like, I watched that and then I just dropped it.
1: Yeah, it's one that. Y- You definitely have to keep watching to get the payoff.
0: I think I watched it maybe real-time-ish, and then because I would have had to wait for the next season, I was like, I'm not going to, whatever. But now I think if I could binge it all at once.
1: Yeah, you could. In July of 2008, residents of Montauk were again disturbed when an indeterminate monster washed upon their shore. A local newspaper ran the photograph, which quickly spread across the Internet, particularly in Internet conspiracy forums and dark corners where the true believers in the Montauk Project lurked believing that they had finally discovered a monster similar to the one from Duncan Cameron's subconscious. The photograph depicts a hairless creature with a beak for a face, hooves and haunches at its back legs. Some speculated that it was nothing more than a decomposed raccoon. While others believe the photo shows something never before seen in this timeline, a monster unleashed from a powerful psychic subconscious. This is not a raccoon. I haven't seen a picture of it, but also Plum Island is very close to this where the government did animal testing. Yes. And a lot of people think it was an animal that they had done some testing on and was diseased and had washed up on the shore, which I think is very probable.
0: Okay. I have a photo for you. I okay. want, I want you to see the Montauk monster. Okay. So you're looking at the Montauk monster. got to
1: scroll down. Hold on. Oh, I know. It looks so sad. sad. It does look so sad. I don't think it looks like a raccoon, but I do think it looks like like it was a government test. Uh, it looks more like a pig, honestly. Well, what about its beak? Um, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, it's it's body and like hood, feet kind of look piggish. But I'm telling you, I think they were doing some hybrid crossbreeding stuff over at Plum Island and something washed up on shore that they were experimenting with. There's apparently or cloning
0: or something like that. They apparently also have a Brooklyn Bridge monster that doesn't look exactly like that, but kind of similar to it, and they said it was like a distant cousin or something of it, but I think it's some kind of a weird... It doesn't I, mean, I think
1: it, it's a real animal. Do I don't it's think like a it was goat or something. I don't think it was manifested from somebody's mind. I think it's a real animal. Do you think it was tested on by the government? Yeah, I do. Yeah, poor baby. Yeah, that's that's sad. In the History Channel's Dark Files episode on the Montauk Project, author and journalist Steve Volk said the reason that Americans are so interested in conspiracy theories is that conspiracies happen. The idea of secret military experiments is nothing new with documented evidence dating back to as early as 1938, when the horribly unethical Tuskegee syphilis experiment began, followed by the mind control experiments of MKUltra in the early 1950s. Government experiments were so rampant from 1944 to 1974 that President Bill Clinton issued a formal apology to the victims and their families in a 1995 press conference, promising them financial restitution. So while the stories of what went on at Montauk Air Force Station may seem like an outlandish plot to a television series, the truth of what went on there may just be stranger than fiction. It's true. So what do we think? Well, what you said you had a theory and it all came together. Oh, I think it's uh it's uh I'm going to look up his damn name right now. It's driving me crazy. I think it's him down there in the in the tunnel. Desmond. Desmond, that's it. Yep. Desmond. Um, No, I think that probably the reason the tower was moving was something like there was some uh, government controls going on uh, remotely to try and work with that. Do I think that experiments went on on human test subjects? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that goes on still. So I, it's not far-fetched that it would be going on in a place like that. Do I think all of this Al Bielik stuff stuff is, is real? I do not. What? I think that he probably was a victim of some horrible experiments that scrambled his brain. And there's a good chance he believed all of this stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that really happened.
0: It's very tragic in the update section. It said that he suffered from five strokes. I mean, there you go in his later lives. So, you you know, maybe if you were having someone poke around your brain Mm -hmm. or giving you massive amounts of drugs or shocking you doing some kind of shock treatment or something, shock treatment,
1: massive levels of exposure to radiation. Who knows what that does to you? Because if his brother and Preston Nichols are all thinking this stuff, if they were all employees of their, I think that they probably experienced stuff there that messed with their minds, and just I mean, all the L- like there are people that still suffer from the stuff that they went through in MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. So if they're it doing lasts. mind control experiments and pumping them with LSD and stuff, yeah, I think they could all think that this this should happen to them that they traveled all the way through sure. time. Yeah, I mean, it just like it's sad when like to me I I hear stories like this and it makes me sad a little sad for people mm-hmm. especially for the kids that got experimented on if you know and even these people that like think that, like their sense of reality has been warped and you know maybe i'm wrong maybe all of this did happen Who who's to say i'm just i'm just saying what my opinion is that monster's real i saw what the do photos. you think well Part of me what's well,
0: funny because when I read these things, I'm a rational adult, I like to think. And when I read these things, I just go, hmm yeah, that's true. <laughs> he said it. It's true. But when you do, you know, break it down and he's saying, Oh, I see these floating cities of water, and I see the United States populations reduce and I see that the water levels have risen, is it did he see the future by virtue of, you know, there's some sort of uh multiple continuous timelines and by even if he doesn't physically travel somewhere did his consciousness go somewhere when they're zapping him with i just i can never be like this is bullshit and it never happened because i just don't know i don't know well enough about how our entire reality works to know what i mean reality as we know it right now no you can't put somebody's soul in someone's body you can't travel through another physically travel through another time and space but Whatever they were doing under the beautiful gardens of uh, Long Island, they may have accidentally cracked this dude's consciousness and he ended up somewhere else. I still want to find that podcast that I listened to a while back that explained it was like quantum mechanics and quantum physics and explained like the multiverse theory. And it was from it was like a university published it and it wasn't time travel. It was literally just quantum physics and listening to it. I was like, that's it.
1: That's how time travel works. I mean, it could be. Yeah, um, I'm not saying it's all bullshit. I'm just saying. Oh well, John Carpenter said it. I, uh, oh yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So you but know, I, yeah. If
0: they did a lot of LSD, like you said, it's sad. They he he probably believes I was if he really genuinely believes I was this Ed person and now I'm this Al person, and my life was stolen from me, and I you know. If you feel like almost like you're not you, I would like to
1: hear from his family and like mom and dad and and other people that gave their opinion on he there were mental health things going on or we didn't you know, we don't understand this or you know i I'd love to hear a different side of his
0: story or whatever happened to this Al Cameron person if his existence was ported into a baby then his body was was his body then sent
1: back to the forties but with his soul split off and That's what there's too many moving parts for me to keep my head around. And it. when
0: I was, you know, I had made some notes and you were going through them and you're like, what is this part or where's this explained? I was like, it's not. they it just said like somehow we did this or That's what's this. hard
1: for me to reconcile about this type mm-hmm. of stuff is I I've never been one to just blindly believe things. Well, there's a lot of glossing
0: over details. Yeah. Well, when you start to ask questions, you're like, there's a lot of holes in this theory. <laughs> a lot of
1: wormholes. There's a lot of wormholes in this story. Well, let us know what you guys think. If you've ever been to this state park, because it is now on my bucket list yes. to to visit this Montauk State Park. I would love to see some pictures if any of our listeners yeah. went went there or have been there.
0: Yeah. It's, Although, don't trespass on the government park because they were saying... That's, uh, you'll get arrested. There's people watching you, probably. Oh, that's, yes. You're not, they said a couple times, like, it opened in 2002. In the early days, people were able to kind of cut through the fence and kind of sneak around, but nowadays, you will get arrested.
1: Somebody just shows up, which Mm -hmm. that's super creepy, because that means you've been being watched the whole time. 100%. And the woman from Road Trippers who went said she it was gorgeous she had a great time but she could never shake the feeling like somebody was watching there are cameras in the trees i I guarantee you it's like area 51 they say once you drive past a certain point all of a sudden they swarm and people start coming so you're being watched constantly Mm -hmm. you think that yeah just because you can't see him
0: the invisible man movie which i just watched i'm very traumatized just because you can't see him does not mean they're not there there you go
1: We have a couple live shows coming up. Yes, we have two
0: shows at the Dallas Comedy Festival. One is with our improv troupe, The Cult. It's on March 27th at 9 p.m. And the other is a Sinisterhood live podcast recording on March 28th at 6 p.m. Tickets are on sale now, so head to Sinisterhood.com forward slash links and get your
1: tickets. Sinisterhood will always remain free. But if you wish to donate to our Patreon to help offset the cost of making and hosting the show, you can visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon in the top right corner. You'll get some sweet perks like Patreon-exclusive content, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, and a monthly bonus mini-sode. And we also do
0: weekly bonus content called The Mixed Bag, which, like Christy said, I talked about the new book I read, a new band I love, and uh, something sad that happened with a famous snack. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want some cool Sinisterhood swag, like mugs, t-shirts, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on shop in the top right corner.
1: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at
0: Pod, and like us on Facebook at Christy, where are you at? I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace, Heather. I'm on Twitter at MCK vs. The World and on Instagram at Heather vs. The World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on
1: Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Lauren. Annie Davis. Yvonne Murray. Chris Carr and Whitney Van Langingham. Lori Bell. Angela Hamrick-Huffer. Under the Sea Fabrics. Melissa Henderson. ARC 020388. Amy Derrick. Jessica Peacock. Erica Moran. Jesse Tesh. Mary Sessions. Laura. Kim. Cecil Blackwood-Cross Megan Williams Kate Murphy Ashley Kendall Sin Ozust and Molly Thank you guys so much for
0: supporting the show. We could not do it without you. Thank you so much. We love you. Keep it creepy. (laughs) ha Sinister